Hello everyone and welcome back to Matt's Mulligan. Uh, wishing everybody a uh, belated Happy New Year. Hope everybody had a, a healthy and happy one. Today we have a, uh, a very special episode of Matt's Mulligan. Uh, this is not going to be you listening to me for, uh, for our, however long uh, we go on. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, we have my friend Donald O'Shea, uh, a fellow weekend warrior. And Donald and I are going to talk about golf, uh, a little bit about Donald's uh, upbringing in uh, the golf mecca of Ireland. Uh, perhaps you've heard of it. I assume you have. Uh, and we are going to have a, a good time just chatting about some of Donald's stories, etc. Donald also wants to share with us uh, a number of different matches, games, gambling opportunities that we have. But after talk, talking with Donald, I think we're going to have to break this out into two podcasts uh, because there's so much good information to talk about uh, with Ireland as well as the uh, the different opportunities for matches. And we didn't want to feel rushed today. So, Donald, welcome to Matt's Mulligan, the first special guest we've had. How you doing today? Good, and thank you for the invite. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, yeah, this is... This I've is... also enjoyed your previous podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, Donald, you are from the great land of Ireland. Uh, and what we want to talk about today is a little bit about your, your upbringing there, but really uh, how golf, you know, was, in, was part of your upbringing, how golf, you know, helped shape you when you started playing golf and kind of like how that became such an important part of your life. Uh, why don't we start? When's, when did you first pick up a club? And take us take us from there. So my uh, excuse me, my parents played pitch and putt, which is a uh, an eighteen hole or even a nine hole par three. And uh, I grew up on the east coast of Ireland in uh, in Dublin. We lived on the north side. Excuse me. So I guess from about eleven, my parents would take us playing uh, pitch and putt. And they enjoyed it, and um, we did it actually 12 months a year. So Irish golfers are pretty hardy. And, um, from so, there, so what's the uh, coldest month in in Ireland as compared to here in the uh, the Northeast, as it's 20 degrees Fahrenheit out today? And, well, the the seasons in Ireland, there are four seasons, right? But excuse me, they they're they're milder, like the spectrum between hot and cold in the states or at least on the east side, by the east coast, is very different to the spectrum in Ireland, right? So you don't have the extremes that we have here. So January, February, March are definitely the coldest months there. But um, the weatherman in Ireland has the easiest job because, <laughs> because if you listen to him every night, it's the same forecast. It's variable with the chance of showers. It's all the time, whether you whether you listen to the to the weather in August or you listen to the weather in 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 January, um, it, it's very well with a chance of showers. All right, that's a, that does sound like a good job. I don't sign me up. Ireland meteor meteorologist for you kids out there looking for a good uh, good career opportunity. Now you say we did, did you have brothers sisters? How many of of you were there? So there was four of us. And um, it was really my younger sister, Helen, and I that played golf. Okay. And uh, she came and played pitch and putt with us. She tagged along with us when she was younger. And now she is an avid golfer also, like she's heading down to Hilton Head next week. Oh, okay. Now, does she live here in the United States as well? 
Yes, okay. I have an older sister here, a younger sister here, and then my my brother in is on, still on the north side of Dublin. And I was home recently, and I played with my nephew, his son. So we'll oh, talk very about nice. Later. Okay. So pitch and putt. That is, you know, we I've played some par threes. I've heard of pitch and putt. That is how how long are the holes on a pitch and putt? Um, I think the longest would be about 140, 150. Okay. Typically, people just take a putter and maybe a wedge, and that's enough. So you could some people go with uh, like a 56 degree or like a pitching wedge or a gap wedge or something like that. And then it's, it's very easy. It's light. Um, probably takes about an hour, an hour and a half. That's oh, nice. Okay. So you're 11 years old. Your parents start taking you out to the pitch and putt. Take take us from there. So when I look back, so you and I are the same caliber in golf, you know, because your previous episode of the podcast, I could relate to your teaching, right, to your to your train of thought, right. And I think looking back, when I was 10, 11, 12, I could have done with some lessons. I had no idea what mm-hmm. I was doing. Neither, neither did my parents. It was more about fresh air and exercise. Yep. And um, so. I remember distinctly uh, playing with my dad. Um, there's a couple. There were a couple of different courses in the area. You don't need as much space, and you know sometimes the fees would be like 25p, which is like a quarter. Oh. Even long, <laughs> a long time ago. That's it's, that's that a steal. Fun. I like it. That was fun, and uh, the different courses would have different competitions on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and uh, it was fun. I, I do think that uh, that was a good foundation. And then what I realized was when my sister and I grew up and, you know, we got to our teenage years, my mother wanted to play long golf. And so she joined the local golf course, Hope Golf Course, which is on the north side of the city. And um, initially, she her first membership was a five-day membership, which okay. is you know, that's expensive. And then as she got Would that better, be like Monday through Friday? Yeah. Okay. You know, and then, you know, Ladies' Day was on Wednesday. And um, then when she got more ambitious and better at it, she upped her membership to a seven-day membership. So she didn't start playing what you refer to as long golf, which I've never heard that phrase before. Uh, but she didn't start doing that until uh, after you guys had started playing pitch and putt as a family? As a family. And then as my younger sister and I, we got to our you know, mid-teens, she had a lot more free time. And so she joined golf course oh awesome which my dad wasn't too happy about that because she would disappear for like <laughs> hours <laughs> that that sounds like a little role reversal going on uh, yeah. is, uh i saw actually so i i divert a little i apologize but we saw jerry seinfeld at the beacon this past uh weekend and he had a little bit about golf and uh i trying to remember he there was an acronym for golf it was g-o-l-f it was uh, I think it's gone out, leave family, something along those lines. But uh, yeah, you don't usually hear that about the the mom, not, not the dad. So what was your dad doing while your mom was out uh, golfing? Well, he he was working, but then he followed suit because he joined as a five day membership too. So he realized uh, he was going to be a golf widow. Okay. Um, <laughs> and and he joined up. Or golf widower. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So what did it cost for a five-day membership? Uh, I don't remember. I then joined, and I think my membership was like 20 pounds a year or something. Oh, that's fantastic. 
this was way back in the years before they converted to Euro. But, you know, I got a discount because they wanted to uh, encourage younger players to join the club. Okay. And um, so if your par- parents were members, you know, enrolling kids was uh, not that expensive. Got you. Okay. So did they offer lessons there for you? Like, yep. Okay. The, uh, the pro, uh, during the summer month, at 10 o'clock on a Monday, he would give a lesson. And um, I remember it well. Um, don't remember anything he taught me, but it's not long. <laughs> it was quite a while ago. But um, what they try to do there is there's intra-club competitions, and they want to put a a decent team together, so they kind of invest in the team. And I think some of the players that showed potential had mentors. Okay. So they would try to pick the kids that were keen to play and also had some talent and they would try to improve their skill and get them onto a team. And were you one of these kids or? uh... No. no, no. (laughs) Did you want to be one of these kids? I think I was oblivious to everything. But, you know, later, like in in high school, I was on the team for a year or two. And uh, there are people a lot more talented than I. I would guess that uh, high school golf in Ireland and Scotland is pretty competitive, if I, and uh, and pretty serious. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. So tell us a little bit of. I mean, you mentioned the weather earlier. So playing in the rain. Talk to me about playing in the rain on a regular basis. You know, we have a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of wimps here in the Northeast. You know, a little threat of rain, a little wind. You know. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to play. Uh, I, I think you're probably a hardier bunch in Ireland. So um, I, I talked about my my mom a little bit, and um, she has passed, but she played golf until she was 82. That's awesome, right? So she was diehard, and uh, she one of the one of the years a long time ago, we sent her home in ski suit <laughs> to play golf in, and. And she wore it out on the golf course because they play golf 12 months a year over there. Yep, yep. Okay. So let's talk about the weather a little bit. The first thing that you will notice about Ireland, and it never ceases to amaze me, that when when I go home, we'll call it home, even though I've been here 35 years, um, is when you look out the window and whether you're landing in Dublin on the east coast or you're landing in Shannon on the west coast, is the color green. Hmm. Now, it's very weird because it's like it's not like any color green that we have here in the States. Whether you see it in a magazine or you see it in a golf course or you see it landing somewhere, it's just a deep, deep... Like emerald. this lush... Like, yeah. You can't capture it on, on no. digital film or whatever. No. Like, yeah, no, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Now, I took a trip to Scotland with some friends this past year and you can't capture it as as nice as the videos and the pictures are it's just something about seeing it with your own eyes that it's it's like endless which is yeah. it's just lush so then um so that's and the, the reason why it's so lush and and you know rich is because of all the rain okay now we joked earlier about the weatherman but you know, there, there's a couple of different things from the weather. We'll talk about some courses that I've played in a few minutes, but the weather, <laughs> the weather is 
very, very variable. So you could have all four seasons in the one round of golf. Yeah. Okay? No kidding. I, uh, and, I, know. And, I believe it. Sounds like Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I don't think I've played in Boston yeah. yet. Well, you so. could have four seasons in a day there for sure. Okay, but in Ireland, it, it is pretty extreme. Well, it, you know, it's, it's the North Atlantic island. Of course, the wind is blowing in hard. Um, what I'll what I'll say is, you know, I joke about this with people that, you know, we hear we talk about the latest and greatest driver or your Scotty Cameron putter, yeah, for four hundred bucks and all that. Well, over there in Ireland, at least when I was growing up, they would not boast about their driver or their latest and greatest putter. They would boast about their golf gear, their golf ranger. <laughs> all right. And I remember when you know I was I emigrated in 1987 when I was 23. But I remember the big thing was to get golf equipment, get golf rain gear that did not have a seam, so the rain couldn't get in the seam, <laughs> and and in, and the wind was blocked out. So that was that was the big thing, you know, the latest and greatest. So um, um, some advice I, I have on my list of things I would like to buy, you know, rain gear for golf because I've been soaked to the to the gills a couple times this year and Ill, I was ill prepared as I don't have that that Irish blood in me. What is what's the Cadillac or the, the Scotty Cameron putter of rain gear? So when um, in I think it was 2006, the Ryder Cup was played in Ireland. I don't remember. I don't remember this competition. I didn't witness it. This was a story that was told to me. But the the American team shows up, and they have you know spectacular red, white, and blue rain gear because they knew it was going to rain where they were playing in Kilkenny. They did a place called the K Club. Actually, it was in Kildare. And um, so the Europeans all showed up, and they they had kind of black or gray boring kind of colors. They might have had the logo. I don't remember the details. This is a story that I was told. And so they play. The Americans come out in their red, white, and blue rain gear, and the Europeans come out in their black and gray rain gear. And the Europeans' rain gear was made by um, a company called Calvin Green. Okay. Now, they are really expensive, okay? But I don't know how they do it. Even the zips are like military-style zips, like they're hard, hard plastic, and they completely seal, okay? So on day one, of course, it rained in Ireland, and, you know, all the of course. Amer Americans got wet, all right? And then um, the Europeans were fine. No idea who won. But the following day... The Americans supposedly went into the pro shop and they swapped all of their red, <laughs> white, and blue for the for the Calvin Green. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, that probably made like page three on the local uh, newspapers. All right. So is Calvin? Am I going to be able to get a Calvin Green at my my local? Uh... Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you can. Uh, right. I don't know if it's on Amazon or, or where, but it is available here. But brace yourself, it is expensive. I, I got to save my my pounds or my euro or before I. Uh... All right. So, so the other thing that is that is very interesting about golf courses in Ireland, I don't know if you witnessed this in Scotland or not, 
but every golf course has a drying. Hmm. No, we did. We did not. No. So, and even hotels that have golf courses are like you. They all have drying rooms. So the idea is, you come in and it's a it's a room that is heated. They might have extra radiators. Okay. And you hang up your equipment and you go and have your dinner, you go and have your lunch or whatever. And while you're in there, your equipment dries out. Okay, nice. I don't know of any golf course Haven't that, been, that has a drying room. Never seen that here. We got very lucky on our trip to Scotland weather-wise. Uh, we had, in in one full week, we had 30 minutes of rain uh, while we were playing. So, uh you know, we didn't get the full experience, so to speak, but we were pretty happy with uh, the way things worked out. I know you went in the spring. What month was it? Oh, uh, we were in the summertime. Okay. Now, what what time did it get dark at night? Uh, it got dark. So that was one of the actually. It's a great question. We it was one of the best experiences I've had in in my golf uh, experiences. So we played as our our group of eight, we played uh, 18 holes during the day at a beautiful co- course called King's Barn. And we came back to the St. Andrews area and decided we wanted to play some more. Uh, and I think we stepped out at about 4.30 onto one of the St. Andrews courses, not the old course, but one of the other courses they had. And we easily, well, not easily, but we did play 18 more. Uh, I think we finished up at about 9.30 at night. Uh, and it was just, you know, we walked the last, you know, well, we walked everything. That was actually something that was, uh, enlightening for me in Scotland was that you only one course could you take a cart if you wanted to, uh, and unless you, uh, had a medical reason to the, every other course would only let you take a cart if you had a medical reason. Otherwise you had to walk the course, which I found was great. Uh, we actually had caddies and, and that was a, that was a ton of fun. They were, you know, some curmudgeons and, you know, they, they made us laugh and they, what we realized, uh, was they were betting on us. <laughs> we were having our own competitions and they were, they were betting on us, but, uh, I, I digress a little bit, but we played the, until about nine nine thirty, and I have a shot with the sun barely setting or just setting at nine thirty at night, and I'm on on the fairway, and it's one of my favorite pictures of me playing golf, uh, and it was just fantastic experience being able to play that late. If you go to June, if you play golf in Ireland in June, you can go out at six p.m. You can you and you can get. 18 holes. So what do you think the latest you ever, you've ever cheated off and were able to squeeze in 18? Um, I, I remember coming down the 18th hole in Hoth, where I was the club that I grew up in. And it was around 10, 15. Like 10, wow. And um, you could still play, right? And uh, it was great. because it's, it's so far north. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the styles of the courses in Ireland versus what you've seen here? I mean, you've had great experience in both countries being able to play a lot of golf. And how many of how many courses have you played in Ireland? And and do you have some favorites? Right. So um, I've played some courses in the north and then in the south in um, Kerry and then down the east coast. Where I grew up, I've played on a bunch there. So let's talk about 
Yeah, let's start in the north, up near Donegal. Um, a few years ago, my family went to a place called Rathapenna. Now, at that time, there was two courses at Rathapenna, which was a golf resort, um, all the way up the very tip of Donegal. And when you look out on the ocean, if you draw, you just went straight out over the ocean like it's Iceland. Like that's how oh, far wow. north you are. Awesome. Okay. And then um, now at that time, it was great. It was a um, two link style courses, and um, since then they've added another course, which I believe is now ranked number forty nine in the world. What course is that? Called Rathapenna. Roth oh, that's. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Okay. Very very good. Now. The other course that I played up there, both courses were great. Um, I remember distinctly, I mean, it's right on the water, length of style. You can see the beach, the water, you know, the sun shining. And I remember distinctly with my playing with my brother-in-law, George, and we're up on an elevated tee. Okay? And you could look across the bay, and you had these, you could see these black, black clouds, and you knew any minute there was going to be a downpour. And so bit by bit, they were coming towards us. But before them... We had hail coming at us, right? So the, the hail is, is kind of picking at your skin. Oh, yeah. And then the shower would go through. And then I remember distinctly walking up the 18th and we're back in in shirts again. So again, that was an example <laughs> of the variability. Um, so if you're, if you're in I the know a few lot, guys who once the hail hit, they'd be in the car on the way home. <laughs> so, um, so that was Rasapena. The other one that I really liked up there was Donegal Country Club. Okay. okay. And uh, I was there on a different vacation. I had no club. Uh, I brought shoes and bought some rain gear, and I just showed up, rented clubs, and they, they matched me up with the local guard sergeant, the police sergeant, and off we went. And um, again, that scenery in Donegal was just spectacular. Got you. Yeah, it's no, it's, very it's, the vastness is, is just... Like it's, it's, you can't, there's no substitute for actually being there. Do you have a course that is the most scenic that you're like, wow, this is just as many scenic courses as I've played. This is just, this stands out for me. So of the 14 or 15 courses I've played in Ireland, all the way down south is Waterville. Hmm. Okay. And that by far is the most scenic. Waterville uh, Golf Club. It it's right on the ring of Kerry, and uh, you've got the ocean on one side, you've got the beach, you've got the Lynx Course, and then on the other side you've got mountains like really big mountains. Hmm. And the, if you pick the Sounds right beautiful. time, the mountains are all cover, covered in heather, gorse, and all these different colors. Oh, really beautiful. spectacular. Um, and then the other one that I played in the south is Tralee. Again, this is a spectacular course. You're, I asked the caddy that I had, you know, have you ever had major competitions here? And he said, the course is beautiful. It's very famous. <laughs> but the roads in and out of these golf courses are basically one and a half lanes. Yeah. <laughs> so, How old are these courses? Um. I would say a couple hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Years. I mean, I don't, they, they didn't have the right infrastructure a couple hundred years ago, huh? No. no. So they can't have these major competitions. Yeah. No, that's I, when you talk about, yeah, you've played all these beautiful courses and then to talk about, 
you know, Waterville by by far the most scenic course. It really piques my interest. So actually, so for somebody who's never been to Ireland, uh, myself, and if I was to take a golf trip uh, with some golfing buddies, what are the, the courses, the areas, what would you recommend for a first timer to Ireland on a golf trip? So a couple of my buddies here have been kind of egging me on to organize something. Um, if I was to take them to Ireland to play golf, I would probably take them, we would fly into Shannon on the West Coast, okay, and then drive down to um, probably Killarney, okay, and that's right in the heart of Kerry, okay, and I would do a hotel in the middle of the town, or bed and breakfast, which is a big industry in Ireland, very mature, well-organized, um, well-monitored, uh, industry and then within there you've got about 10 or 12 different and um, it's very scenic I mean not that the rest of the country is not that scenic but this stuff is and what are some of the, the crown jewel courses of those 10 or 12 um, the two that I mentioned were Waterville Tralee okay. Killarney Golf Course itself uh, Trump has a course nearby La Hinch um it's funny, I've never even heard of these courses, and I'm sure they're just absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, even if you go on the website, they're pretty cool to look yeah. at. <laughs> and I'm sure there's some some videos on YouTube out there. Yeah, I'm sure. But I've also played a bunch of courses on the East Coast, where I grew up. And um, I've played Warnock, Montarf, St. Anne's, Hoth, where I grew up, Sutton is close by. Um but I was home recently, and my nephew took me out to a course called Hillene Castle. And it's, uh, I had not heard of it before, and they are beginning to develop it. Jack Nicklaus designed course. Okay. And I've heard of him. And the, the castle, I think I went back and I looked to see how old that course was. And I think the castle itself is about... Um, it, it, the website says the castle was built in 1181, <laughs> and I'm sure they've they've added to it and they've cleaned it up a little bit over the years, but um, it was really spectacular. And um, Nicholas design, as I mentioned, and um, you tee off from right in front of the castle, and then you play your 18, and you're coming up the 18th. Right, which is a slight dog leg right. You know, you get out on the fairway, and then you've got like a 200 yards in, 180 yards in, uphill. And at the top of the hill is this magnificent castle, mm -hmm. which is the backdrop to the 18th green. That sounds awesome. Unbelievable. Um, and, and it's surrounded by a lot of open land, so I wouldn't be surprised if they build Killeen up into a resort because <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Well, you know, after, you know, 900 years or so it's about time for them to expand and build out a little bit yeah what was interesting to me and uh you know i've played a lot of different courses around the world and um but each of the major designers have their own style hmm. like pete die i don't know if you've ever played on a pete die course but if he's got an elevated green 
the lower part of the the lower edge of the green is surrounded by railroad ties. That's his trade. No, interesting. I don't okay. think I've played it on a Pete Dye course. Then I don't. I don't recall then, seeing that. Now Nicklaus, Nicklaus's trademark is he will give you a big wide fairway to land. And I appreciate that because I need a big, right. big, and I still may not land in it, but that's that's very generous of him. But his one of his trademarks is three bunkers in the middle of the fairway. Huh, interesting. And and they're not they're not in a line across the fairway. Whether you have to decide whether you're going to go short or going to go long, but the the bunkers are all diagonal. Ah, okay, got you. So and a little risk reward going right, on. So you, I, you lay up or you go long over the first one. I, I like a little risk reward opportunity. That's that's the thing that always stands out to me. So the the courses in, in Ireland are they all sort of link style or you know the layouts very? I don't want to say similar, but is it all the same type of style or do you see like what you see here in the United States different styles of courses? I would say there are definitely more links style horses and that instead of you know bushes and trees they have fescue oh okay the, right they yeah that tall tall there. thick grass yep yeah that sucks those golf balls in yeah right? so, you know it looks like you're going to be able to hit it and then it just wraps around your club but but that's i would just say there's there's more length style but you know once you kind of move away from the coast a little bit you have typical courses that you would have here okay that's similar feel yeah now you said you played in other countries. What are some of the other countries you played in, uh, and what were some of the, the the jewel courses that you've played? So I've played. Um, so you and I have been out to India on business. Yes. And um, I've played two courses out there. Oh really? Okay. I did not bring my sticks with me to India when I when I went. I, d- I didn't either, and um, but that was pretty interesting um, when. The course that I played in in Pune near our office, that was it was kind of interesting. Where um, you, you hear the call to prayer, the Imam's hmm. call to prayer on the Gulf. Yep, oh, so wow, it was pretty interesting. And then um, my caddy on the on the third or fourth hole, I peel it right into the water, and I didn't realize until I got up there that the caddy had taken off his sandals and walked in to get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said to him, "You don't have to do that. Yeah. It's not worth it." <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, so that was in India. I've also played it in, in Mumbai, further south. Uh, and then um, one time I was coming home, I took an extra a few days, and I stopped off in Abu Dhabi. Played there. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and then one time I was down in business in Mexico, and I had to go down for two weeks. Of course, I found a golf course and the weekend in the middle. So that was pretty cool. And then um, you and I have done Scotland. Yes, not together, folks, but we have yeah. done both done Scotland. Well, that's only a you know that's a short trip for you from Ireland. So when you were yeah. there, yeah, but it was good. And where did you play in uh, Scotland? Um, we played Glen Eagles Championship. Okay, we played that. Sure. That was a Ryder Cup course for those listening. That was yep. my first experience being able to play on a Ryder Cup course. Do you remember? Driving into the facility and seeing the castle. Yes, yes, just right. beautiful the whole. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I mentioned on an earlier podcast, anybody who's a golfer out there, 
take a trip to Scotland. It's it's special. It really yeah. the whole experience is unbelievable. Yep. So we also played uh, Carnoustie. Okay. Which is also uh, the John uh, John Fantelay. Is was that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the guy. That's the guy. So when I called up to make the tea times, um, I can't remember if there's a couple of courses there or not. But I said to the person, I remember distinctly, I said to the lady making the tea time, I said, this is the course where John Vandele screwed up, right? And she goes, yep. That's, yeah, that's, that's what we're known for. And um, we actually played Carnoustie uh, a month before the Open. Oh, so it's set up more yeah. difficult. Were the greens incredibly fast for that, too? Um. I don't remember the greens, but I do remember the fairway, okay, which was actually kind of unique. Now, it is it is a really difficult course. It's also called Carnasty. Carnasty. Okay? <laughs> and um, yeah, it's funny because they were trying to preserve the fairways, the you know where the pros would land. Yeah. If you landed in the areas where the pros were designated to land, like the middle of the fairway, yeah. like 300 yards out. Right, but of course, your RT box is, is 80 yards in front of the, <laughs> you know, for the, just a little. <laughs> but you were not allowed to hit the ball off the fairway. Oh, interesting. They so there was an area where they said, you do not hit off the fairway here. Yes. Oh, wow, and, that's wild. And in that area, there were these mats. And yeah. the mats were like two feet by two feet. And you kind of had to put the ball on the mat and play off of that. It's funny you say that. I was going to mention earlier in our discussion, you were talking about you know growing up and playing 12 months. Did you have a similar mat in Ireland that you had to bring around with you? Because in Scotland, they talked about in January and February, players bring these mats with them. And actually, wherever they land, they take the mat out and they put the ball and they hit off the mat because the ground is so hard and they don't want to damage the ground. Now, um, I had never seen that before, and and the reason for those mats was not because the ground was hard; it was because they wanted to preserve the fairways yeah, for the sense. championship, which was a month, which was a month later. Did you find if you hit the ball off the fairway, which I'm sure you never hit the ball, I'm sure you were in the fairway, you know, eighteen out of eighteen, or fourteen out of fourteen, but you know, for your friends that you were playing with, when they hit the ball out of, off the fairway, did you find that the rough was uh, incredibly grown in versus what you're used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, it, they were they were. So I wouldn't go back to Carnoustie. Okay, that was a really <laughs> hard one. Okay, and then um, the the last course that we played with St Andrews. Okay, well, we we had tried to get tea times. We had been entering the lottery. Yep, and. We just simply couldn't get in. Okay? So what we did was we got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, mm. and we showed up at St. Andrews at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I think, and then you have to bring all members of your party need to be in line, and you need to show your card, your USGA card, that shows your handicap, I think, is less than... 24 or something. Okay. Yep. You can't go. Yep. Up. You can't, you know, if you're 36 handicapper or you're okay, just they don't want you. They don't want you. Okay. So we got there and uh, it was my brother-in-law and I and uh, they said, well, we've got good news and we got bad news. The good news is you can play St. Andrews, the old course, um, but you can't play until 2.30 in the afternoon. 
So we're like, fine. So we played St. Andrews, the new course, in the morning. Yes, yes. I've, I played the new course. Yes. <laughs> and and that's how we got out. We that's awesome. Incredibly lucky. That's so. a nice day of 36 at St. Andrews. That's for sure. Well, that night. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have one final question for you, uh, Donald. Uh, but is there anything else about your golf experiences in Ireland that you want to share with us before we wrap things up? Um, it, it is, to me, golfing in Ireland is similar to what you just did with your buddies in Scotland, okay? You have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a bucket list item. Um, what I would recommend is pick one location and you go play 18 and then go out in the town that night, but you know, make sure you, you don't, uh, you don't drive Yep. and, uh, stay, stay in a town or in a village. Got you. Um, but it's definitely, I don't recover as quickly as I used to either. (laughs) 36 is, doesn't interest me the same way it did a few years back. So now it's definitely a bucket list item. Got to go do it. And it's easier now. It's not like a, uh, yeah, it's like a, Five hour flight, five and a half hours to Shannon. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. So my my final question for you is: if you had the opportunity to play any course in the world, you know, what would be your you know your ultimate uh, course that you would play? Anywhere in the world, I'd love to get out at at uh, Augusta. Okay, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. That would um, be pretty cool. Pebble Beach, not so much. Just to witness it and experience it, you know when. Uh, you know, you're not, you, when you go to a course like that, you're not trying to break the course record. You just the experience to be able to say, "Been there, done that." Yeah. So I've heard and, for Augusta, the best way to play Augusta is to become friends with a member of Augusta. So if you, you know, that's that's my recommendation to you: just become friends with somebody who's already a member. That should yeah. be that should be easy. The, the fun thing too is, uh, several years ago, I got the opportunity to play TPC Sawgrass. Oh, that must have been fun. Yeah. Is that's that with really the cool. Island Green? Yeah. 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 So, so, but it, it's very interesting to me because on some of the holes, when you see them on TV, I can remember where my shot yeah. went. <laughs> it's great. It's one of the few sports where you could really play, you know, on the same field as the yeah. pros play on and really, you know, appreciate what, what they're doing out yeah. there. How'd you do on the, uh, the island hole? I did manage to par it. Oh, very nice. Okay, but, but the pin placement was very easy. And um, it was only 120 yards. Well, don't you know what? Don't, you you did. Don't worry. I wouldn't worry about easy and only 120 yards. That's pressure going over all that water. So that's that's a job well done. So Donald, I want to thank you for your time today. This was great. Uh, I, you know, I look forward to our next discussion where we can talk about some of the opportunities to have some matches and have some fun uh, playing with your friends uh, as a. You know, as a thank you for joining us today, you know, we're on a Zoom, but you guys can't see that. Uh, I'm holding up a Matt's Mulligan logo golf ball that I want to know that I want you to know. I'm going to give to Donald as a thank you and a memento for for time well spent and all his time and effort uh, in preparing for today and taking the time to talk with us. Donald, you you have the last word. Anything you want to share with us before we sign off? No, but just uh, keep up the good work with the podcast. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of people out there in our caliber range that might learn something. Absolutely. Well, thanks for your time, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.